Welcome to Mental Health and You. This podcast brings you the best information and advice from across the Norfolk and Suffolk Foundation Trust. Every fortnight, we will hear from one of our specialist areas, be it school and parent support, the recovery college, well-being or research. podcast is all about sharing recovery stories and is presented to you by myself that's Rachel hello Andrea that's me hello and Holly hello everyone and we're all peer support workers who work within the well-being service today's podcast will cover what are peer support workers what are recovery stories and we'll be sharing peer support workers lived experiences of recovery stories We hope that you come away from today's podcast with an understanding of what recovery stories are and how they can help in our own recovery journeys. So just to tell you about peer support work, peer support workers all have their own experience of living with mental health challenges and we share our experience of this with others along with our recovery stories to offer hope. We use our experience of recovery to help people make sense of what they're going through and to explore what may support them in their own recovery. So I'm going to ask this question out to Holly and Andrea. Uh, What is a recovery story? Holly, do you want to start us off? Yep. So a recovery story is sharing someone's own lived experiences of dealing with mental health challenges. It's also a way to know that you're not alone in how you're feeling. It's a way of knowing that other people have got through uh, similar experiences to give give the, the hope that you can too. And it's a way of sharing the ups and downs of going through recovery. And um, what we did, we kind of asked the other peer support workers within the service of their own experiences of using recovery stories. So in terms of me, um, hearing recovery stories made me realise that I wasn't on my own or weird for feeling the way that I did, because I did feel a bit weird and I did feel a bit alone and kind of lost and stuck. And they helped me to realise that other people have gone through similar experiences and come through the other side and that with support I could do so too. Then nearly four years ago now I became a peer support worker myself so my kind of story has gone full circle in terms of sort of hearing recovery stories and now I'm using my own recovery story to help people to do the same thing as I did. Andrea have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, so mine's not dissimilar from yours, actually, Rachel. So, you know, I thought that I was the only one in the world struggling to get through each day. But when I heard recovery stories, I realised that other people felt the way I did and I wasn't alone. Um, They gave me hope that things could get better. And at some point I'd start enjoying my life again. And they gave me some ideas about what might help and how I could look after myself better. And actually, I'll, I'll never forget what a difference someone sharing their story with me made. Mm. Yeah. And it, it kind of makes you, like I said, you know, makes you feel less alone. Like you found you found your tribe. People actually understand you or are getting you, you know, kind of yeah. uh, 
you know we can't ever say we know exactly how someone else feels or what they're being through been through but we can actually um yeah use our stories to to make that connection and it was also interesting when we were sort of thinking about this there's also the power of using our own recovery stories to help us to re reflect on our journey so i know that you know when i'm sharing my story with somebody i can actually take that point to stop and pause and look back and go goodness me haven't I changed haven't I grown since those first mm -hmm. very difficult times and actually you know like we said it's a powerful thing to listen to it's a powerful thing to share but actually listening to our own story and sort of reflecting back on that is is equally as, as powerful isn't it so what we'd like to do really with today's podcast is um, to think about sharing a recovery story so like I say I've got Andrea and Holly with me um, for today's broadcast and we're going to be sort of thinking about sharing a recovery story and um, Andrea and Holly have been sort of very kind to say that you know we, we can talk about your stories today so thank you for that so Holly if it's all right I'd like to start with you and yep. would you be able to sort of tell us what was happening for you when thing oh no I didn't mean Holly I've got myself in a muddle already dear me all <laughs> uh, oh, the best laid plans of mice and men let's go to Andrea I do apologize okay. Andrea there's you already and uh, I've just wandered off elsewhere sorry Andrea so Andrea what was happening for you when things became difficult okay well when when things were were the worst for me I was uh, I was married and I had a, a three year old son and I found myself in the, the situation where I was the breadwinner. So going out to work in an office 40 hour week. Um, I think what happened was I put a lot of pressure on myself, you know, financially and um, being a, a perfect parent, being a perfect wife. And I think everything just got too much. And one day I got into work um, after having typed letters for like 10 years and picked up the phone and made loads of phone calls. I just absolutely broke down and I, I couldn't get uh, my brain and my hands to coordinate. So, yeah, that, that was what was the most difficult time for me. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. And Anna Holly, sort of thinking yeah. about, you know, Andrew sort of started us off at that first point in a, you know, in a recovery story is obviously the, is the difficult part. What would you say was your lowest point in your recovery story? I think for me, one one particular time comes to mind and it was, um, I was I was still living at home with my mum and my stepdad and we'd gone out, we'd gone over to visit my um, aunt and uncle and we came back from there and I stepped into my bedroom and went to lay on my bed and then at the blue, um, before I knew it, I was in the middle of this massive um, panic attack, um, which was the, certainly by far the, the worst that I'd ever had, and and to the point where I was I was convinced that I was I was going to die. Um, it was that that terrifying, um, and it was a panic attack that that seemed to go on for for, for hours um actually and i think for me what happened at that point was was that everything that had happened previous to that point had come to a head so i had gone through months and years of of not only struggling with with my mental health with my depression and anxiety but i 
I also have um, Marsler palsy, so I'd gone through um, several months and, and years of of trying to navigate my myself through through school, through college, and and through through work and and relationships and all all that stuff and all that that bad stuff that had happened had suddenly come to a head at this point and was kind of translating itself in in this 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 big panic attack which was absolutely terrifying for me at the time um but it was almost that that point where suddenly it became aware that uh, I, you know for all this time I'd been been coping but at that point suddenly I wasn't coping anymore and something had to had to change had to happen um and so yeah for me that was um a big a big moment a big mm-hmm. and a very frightening moment as well thanks holly and it's it's kind of interesting like you know your story with andrews is is different but actually kind of kind of quite similar you know like she was saying juggling work and commitments and family responsibilities you know all of these things sort of piling up and then like you say for, for yourself you were dealing with a lot of sort of difficult things over a period of time and we, we do get to that oh yes all right I'm carrying on it's all right yeah I'm tolerating yeah. this it's okay yeah. And I, I know, I know for myself, with you know, in my story, my lowest point is 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 very similar to yours, Holly. You know, my my brain and body were both going, "Cooey, Rachel, you're not quite yeah. well. Pay attention. Yeah, I'm giving you headaches. I'm giving you psoriasis. I'm making you unwell. You don't want to eat. You don't want to sleep." Um, and it was like, "I'll oh, just carry on because that's what I do." And then, you know, my lowest point was a very soggy mess at mm. that point of um break is, is 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 the best way to describe it i think for me and it was like okay you know this is the point that i'm at this is this is where you know where in, in a sense where i needed to be yeah. um which kind of leads me on to my next sort of question andrea what were the turning points or turning point for you in terms of your own recovery story Okay, well, I've had several over the years, but I think the the one that stands out the most is that after I'd had the bit of a meltdown at work, the, the natural progression from that was for my, my husband to, to come and get me, book a doctor's appointment and me go to see my GP. Um, and it was that moment where I, I walked into to his office just sobbing, didn't know what was going on, was so confused. And he just said to me, Andrea, it's OK, I know what's happening. You know, you've you've got depression. It's a clinical depression, but I can help you and we can work through this and things will be okay. And I know there's no normal, but it was kind of like, you know, you're reacting in a normal way to everything that's been going on for you. So I suppose the first turning point was was acknowledgement and that it was okay, and, and, you know, some information really about what was happening. And I think it's it's interesting, isn't it? From that lowest point, we can have a turning point. So actually, they they can be one and the same thing, which mm-hmm. which feels a bit weird. You're like, well, hang on, I'm in a soggy mess. I'm having a big panic attack or I've, I've come back from work and I'm, you know, I'm not functioning. How can that also be a turning point? But actually, mm-hmm. you know, f- for me, it was you're not well, you know, you're, you're not well. 
you've been doing doing all this for such a long time you need to stop and it's the same as you Andrew sort of heading to my GP and and having a big old sob on him as well but you know and like you say the GP's like no this is actually a a usual reaction to to depression to anxiety to to the things that you're going through and yeah it's interesting isn't it those those low points those difficult points in our lives can actually be those points where we sort of take a real big turn and pivot and start going on our our own recovery journey so thank you so in in terms of those early days Holly what worked for you for for me actually um in those really early days what really helped me was was my music um particularly listening to my favorite music so I spent a lot of my days in those early times uh listening to a lot of um Guns and Roses. Uh, that might sound like a bit of a strange option. Not at all, Holly. Not <laughs> but, um, I think I think one of the things that attracted me to that particular music is how raw it was and how honest it was, and it really f- reflected how I was feeling at that point. Um, a lot of Queen as well. So through through doing that, through through listening to that that music, I sort of slowly but surely started to rediscover myself almost through that and and through I think I mean music and all performing arts has has played has played a massive part of my recovery and continues to um I think but I think particularly at that point it was it was a really important tool for me to kind of navigate my way through this incredibly dark and difficult time that I was that I was going through and it led eventually to me over time kind of really rediscovering my my passions and interests particularly in in the performing arts and I ended up joining um a local rock choir I I it just really reignited over time my 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 passion and my love for the performing arts which has played such a crucial part in in my recovery and me staying well um so yeah in in those early days it was a lot of kind of sitting in my bedroom listening listening to a lot of um intense music I'd say Mm. but Holly I'm guessing that also helped you to make those sort of gentle connections back to yourself because I I know I know for me you know I felt completely disconnected from yeah. who I was, what I did, from life, you know, and it was like you say, it's not like an instant. Oh, I'm going to no. put the Guns and Roses on and magically feel better. You know, no, it'd be fab- fabulous if that could happen. But it, it's also like you say, it's those those gentle things that we do, those slow things that we do. It's like, okay, I just need to lie down, but yeah. actually today I'm going to be lying down and I'm going to be listening. To, to the music that I previously you know enjoyed and actually absolutely might be able to listen to it for 30 seconds and then go oh goodness me that's that's too much and but it's it, like yeah. you say it's, it's it's how we kind of build up and that's right. if it's it's okay I'll sort of stick with you for the, for the next yeah. question if that's all right so in terms of those early days you're listening to Guns and Roses and your Queen and sort of gently sort of easing sort of back into things how do you look after yourself now has as much changed or doing I think of- for me it's continuing to to do all those things that I learned in the early days and to be honest a lot of those things involve a lots of small very small things together 
Um, so it's still listening to my music. It's it's making myself my favourite um, drink. It's um, and I'm and I mean, I mean coffee and tea, not not alcohol. But, you know. <laughs> no judgment, Holly. You had me worried maybe. there, Holly. Occasionally, <laughs> maybe. But um, yeah, and and particularly throughout this period of of lockdowns and 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 the pandemic it's it's certainly about being being making sure that I've got a balance between being inside but getting getting outside as well uh, has been inc- incredibly important and continues to be because I, I do believe that I think that you know luckily I was lucky enough to have an outdoor space throughout this period and that that proved incredibly important and and will continue to so that for me um, is a big thing as well. Um, is is trying to get just out into nature um, as much as I can. It's of course we're all spending a lot of time in indoors at the moment, and for me that that balance is really important. But ultimately, also just um, yeah, continuing those things that that help me to to stay true to myself so yeah that that the music um try, trying to kind of um continue with um performing arts of course that's that's a little bit difficult at the moment but yeah the, all those little tiny things that make up who I am I think and it's it's those things that like you say they may well be tiny so like you know, I know how much music sort of means to you and all of that but when you kind of put them together they they actually make a huge difference yes. in, in what we're doing and Absolutely. and like you say you know those things that we did in the in the early days doesn't mean that we've kind of abandoned them now no. oh, it's it's kind of actually you know using them less we're using them differently or response to them is is sort of different you know in my early days I couldn't read and reading is a massive massive thing for me and it was very distressing not mm. to be able to do that yeah but actually further down those days you know when I'm starting to feel a little bit more human a little bit better then I can actually put put the reading in, even if it's only sort of ten minutes that I could manage because my concentration was then disappeared. But you yeah, now massive part of looking after myself, yes. the ability to disappear into a book and and relax like that. So it's it's, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Those things that, that we need to do at those different points in sort Definitely. of recovery and and how they work. And Andrea, is there anything that you wanted to to add to that? Yeah, there was actually thinking as I'm listening to you and thinking about it now, I actually do everything that I didn't do back then when I when I first got my depression. So especially good work home life balance, because back then I I had none. Everything was about work. And I um, and like Holly was saying, it's very difficult because I know we're all working from home at the moment. But just, you know, finishing work at at five o'clock not doing overtime, not just switching the laptop on or, you know, because I used to go to work at weekends as well, listening to my body, you know, so if I become a bit stressed or I'm really tired, you know, doing what my body wants me to, so getting an early night. Um, if I haven't got a very, if my sleep's being affected, I've not got a very good sleep routine, thinking about how I can get that back in place, not skipping meals like I used to, and really importantly is is filling my time with positive things. Like Holly said, things I enjoy, things that mean something to me. 
um being around the people that make me feel good the people mm-hmm. that give me something like I give them mm-hmm. um yeah because friendship's a two-way street isn't it absolutely and it, it's it's really interesting listening to you there Andrea because like previously we talked about how our own recovery story can help us to reflect in our recovery and it's perhaps something you know yeah. when we're thinking about recovery stories we don't actually think about so much you know we're like oh I've had this person I've had this person speak but actually our own story is really really powerful like like you said mm. you know that when things became difficult you know everything was sort of work based and like you say work-life balance wasn't there and you know all of those different things and it's it's interesting to see how you know you that was a really difficult time a really low point but like we said previously a turning point as well because yes. you know you you've gone from from that one place to actually to where you are now and your own story is actually taught taught you so much you know like 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 you say when we're going back down those old habits we're like oh hang on you know I'm doing that again I'm I'm opening my laptop at the weekend should I be doing that no, no. <laughs> no <laughs> but yes it's it's how we learn from ourselves as well isn't it? it's really quite an interesting thing we can learn from the stories of others but also from ourselves so I'm going to throw you guys in the deep end here so going on from that you know learning from like our own story and and the things like that what did you learn from going through the experience and i only want one word oh i i I know sorry i've really thrown you in it here (laughs) um right so for me it would be resilience so going through all of those things that i went through i learned actually i am a resilient little person so i know it's a bit mean asking for one word andrea have you got one i have but it's a hyphenated one i'll let you have it then. okay <laughs> self-compassion so i remember a time when i beat myself up so badly for not being the perfect mum not being able to get like, i don't know however many letters out each day but now it's just you know i'm not perfect i'm never going to be um, and and I can only do what I can do, and I'm all right as I am. So yeah, self compassion for me definitely. Okay, thank you, Andrew. What about you, Holly? Have you got one word, or oh. if or if you're struggling with one word, I might let you have a phrase, <laughs> a phrase or a sentence that I've, can sum I've that up. I've been trying to think of one as as you've been as you've been talking. Um, I I think for me, it ultimately is just about staying staying true to myself. I think that's what I'd have to say um yeah sorry I tried with the one word <laughs> that's okay it's, it's, it's tricky though isn't it because you know our recovery stories they could be years long couldn't they all the things that we've gone through and and all of that you know to sum it up in one word is actually really quite mean of me so thank you guys for not going <laughs> I'm not doing that but yeah like you say staying true to yourself you know throughout throughout everything and you, you've kind of touched upon it as well haven't you Holly in this yes. current strange world that we're living we're in you know and all the different things that we're having to cope with it's actually good to know that you know you're staying true to yourself and the, the things that support you and you know Andrea it's, it's great to hear how much you've learned from your own recovery story as well and how self-compassion is now your you know buzzword as opposed to, to how it was when things were really really difficult for you so thanks guys for sharing those stories with me today it was really sort of um appreciated and uh yeah really kind of 
enjoyed listening to, to the things that you know how you have changed and developed through time so that's great thanks yeah you're Bridget, welcome Rachel thank you. you're welcome. <laughs> so bringing it all together uh, for today's um, podcast we've kind of looked at uh, briefly what are recovery stories we've shared some peer support worker lived experience of recovery stories and our own and our next podcast will be looking at reading and recovery Okay, and if you if you'd like any more information on recovery stories, you can find that in today's podcast notes. And if you're sort of listening to this today and you think that you'd like to refer yourself to the wellbeing service, you can self-refer so you don't need to go to your GP or have an appointment, anything like that. You can do so um, by looking at the website or you can phone use the telephone and call us. And if you're listening to this as um and thinking that peer support is something that you'd like to have and you're currently having treatment within the wellbeing service, then please do speak to your therapist who can make the referral for you. Thanks for listening. Please do subscribe. It's free and means the podcast will automatically download every fortnight. Do rate and review our podcast and follow our social media accounts. They're all in the show notes. And more than anything, look after yourself.